everybody, welcome back. We're in for a part two of uh, my conversation with Warner Laughlin, and I am so excited that uh, she's putting up with all of my uh, questions, which uh, are questionable. <laughs> and I really, really appreciate it, Warner. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay. Um, we, we spent the first part talking about kind of the, uh, the nuts and bolts of acting, you know, where, where actors uh, come into in terms of um, how they discover, you know, what method to use. We, we spent some time talking about your wonderful approach uh, to acting, the Warner Laughlin method. Uh, again, I encourage everybody to uh, check out uh, Warner's book and uh, uh, her uh, studio in LA. Um, what I wanted to, uh, to discuss now is kind of how people, uh, you know, actors are people, uh, and we all approach things from our prism. Um, me personally, and one of the reasons why I kind of like some of the things that, uh, that your acting method does, and, you know, disclaimer here, I'm going to mention some metaphysical things. If you believe in it, great. If you don't believe in it, just think I'm weird, and I'm okay with it. Um, so where, where I come in and I've had some, uh, some experiences in my life that made me understand that I'm an intuitive and I have some ability, uh, and I've gone to mediumship uh, classes and, uh, I've, uh, I've talked to some, uh, some beings, uh, that are not in the physical uh, plane. Um, I've done some stuff where, you know, I kind of pulled a white piece of paper with something on it and I didn't know what it said. And I tuned into a, a crime scene and I described that crime scene and it happened to be an accurate uh, thing and I had no idea about it. So I've had enough experiences where, you know, I would be talking to somebody and then their father uh, who passed away comes through and I know their name and I, I, I kind of get a sense of who they are and I say it and it's, it's true. So I've had enough where, you know, people who don't believe in it, I'm okay with because I, there are things that happen to me that there is no other way of explaining it. So I come uh, into acting with that kind of uh, baggage, if you will, with that understanding of the world, <clears throat> with all of my things. So when I start looking at acting, I kind of immediately start going into, well, mediumship, right? So mediumship and channeling is the ability to kind of bring in a spirit uh, from the other plane. Um, Again, whether you believe it or not, please uh, please bear with me. It, it has an acting component to it. So um, there's channeling that I have done, which is you, in in a way, you elevate your vibration. You kind of um, uh, connect uh, through something, and then you uh, get information. And the first time I've experienced channeling was in writing. Uh, as a child, I'm a poet, and I started writing. And then a lot of people were saying, "My goodness, this is a seven or you know eight year old kid." And the stuff that he's writing is way more mature than anything that he would have life experience on. And I didn't know, but I was just, I was just writing. And it kind of seemed like there was information that was channeled uh, through me. Uh, and when I started doing channeling a little bit later, and this is not something that I do uh, for a living. It's, you know, I explored the abilities in the name of them. Um, and I've noticed that, you know when it's you speaking versus not you speaking. It feels very different and it flows very different. Um, it's, it's a completely different feeling. So in acting, when I heard method, the first time I heard method, I said, okay, method may be more like physical mediumship where some you know, people, believe or not, uh, allow kind of a spirit to enter their body and it's not them anymore, it's more that spirit in their body. And I said, 
no freaking way am I doing this because I don't ever want to lose control. So when it comes to method acting of just being somebody else, as opposed to being yourself in another person's uh, kind of experience and, uh, and being in it in a scene, that to me was a no-no. So I've tried, you know, some of the things I've tried to access, like we mentioned in the first uh, series, uh, um, I tried to, you know, access some of the personal experiences and use them and it didn't work for me, but that's why method to me was no, I don't want it. Um, that's where I come in. So when we're talking method uh, for a second, um, I want to make sure that people understand what method uh, is a little bit because they may see um, an actor, my goodness, his name escapes me at the moment, one of our greatest uh, actors of our generation, um, uh, who played Lincoln, who played, uh, um, who played the last of the Mohicans. Uh, what was, what was his name? <laughs> Are you thinking Daniel Day-Lewis? Thank you, Daniel Day-Lewis. So people say Daniel Day-Lewis is, uh, is method. And what they mean by that is that he completely kind of uh, goes into that character and he doesn't come out until he's done with the shooting. Is that uh, a proper way of describing what uh, he does uh, to your uh, understanding? I've never spoken to him about his method and I've, I've heard he stays in character like that. I don't believe that that's <clears throat> exactly what the method does. Mm -hmm. So uh, like, I don't know enough about his technique to be able to speak of it. Like, I don't know if he creates that character and just stays in character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I wouldn't be able to speak about exactly what it is that he does. I've read articles where he's spoken of it, but, even in, in my technique, if you've created that character so succinctly, I mean, I suppose you could stay in character mm -hmm. the entire time. I, I, I personally wouldn't think that would be a healthy choice because you're bringing it home. Yeah. You, you know, if you're, if you're playing a serial killer, I'm pretty sure you don't want to bring that, <laughs> that uh, sentiment and thoughts and emotions and life of that into your own life. It's just not healthy. No, and uh, <clears throat> Jim Carrey playing uh, Andy Kaufman, uh, you know, that I think maybe that was a bit of channeling <laughs> going on there. Um, so uh, I'd love to have Jim Carrey on to talk about that. That would be, that would be a fascinating conversation. Um, so method, I, I kind of said no, uh, and I said no for these uh, reasons. Then um, I did something that's called uh, past life regression therapy. It was interesting to me because uh, I watched um, an Albert uh, Brooks, uh, you know, Meryl Streep uh, film. Um, God, I shouldn't write down these names. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's about life, something uh, with the with the life. And they went, and then they had uh, once they uh, kind of were in this holding place, uh, they were able to see their past lives. And I thought that's a very cool concept. You know, is it possible here? I started doing research, and then I did some uh, uh, past life regression therapy, where through kind of a meditative, uh, you know, uh, tranquil state, um, you don't disconnect fully, you're still you, but you are in a way uh, going into, whether it's your imagination or you're actually going into a past life experience, up to you to, uh, to decide, um, you get into a state where you're kind of in another body and you're you, but you're not you. And when I, um, when I did that, it was fascinating. You know, I was in Greece um, and I am looking down at myself and I'm seeing kind of 
hey, what I'm wearing, I'm wearing this uh, thing that feels different. Okay, how do I feel in this in, in this body? It feels very different, you know, who am I? And then you kind of, the, the practitioner is asking you questions of what happened and we kind of, in a way, and that's why, you know, when I started uh, reading your method, uh, it reminded me of my experience doing the uh, past life regression because it's, what are my givens? And then what, you know, what am I doing? What are my behaviors? Why am I doing it? What happened to cause these behaviors? And then you kind of go down uh, into, uh, into you know, what happened. And then you go back up into up to the moment of that person's, uh, you know, uh, demise. And for some people, the demise is a traumatic experience and they use that in psychology, uh, past regression, uh, uh, past life regression uh, therapy as a way to release uh, uh, the pain. And um, I found it just fascinating from all of my perspectives and I found it, it allowed me to, uh, to connect to people better because I was a black woman, I was uh, a, uh, somebody who was well off, I was you know, with Aristotle, uh, one of his uh, students. Uh, it, it allowed me to say, oh my God, I was all of these people, I can relate a lot better to everybody. So whatever you know, uh, people can choose from it, but I saw a lot of that experience that I had in your method, and that's one of the other reasons why I found it so fascinating. I, I think you have a great capacity for empathy, and empathy in an actor is always good, right? The technique causes um, actors, I think, to have empathy for other people, because you, it, in your imagination, you're building the emotionally pertinent lives of another character. You're, I've never heard it called channeling or you know, past life regression. That's interesting. But <clears throat> I don't want people to think that, oh, if I'm not channeling or uh, in a past life re regression, I won't be able to do it. Not at all. It's, it's, it's creating the life of another character. Excuse me. <clears throat> It's uh, creating the life of another character through your lens. Um, and to be able to embrace the emotional aspect of that character throughout the emotionally pertinent events that that, that character experiences is such a joy because it opens your eyes to other people's experiences, other people's points of view how other people view the world, their different perspectives. Mm. To me, that's a joy. To me, that's the joy of acting because you're not just living in your own cocoon. You get to, you get to feel what other people feel. And I think that's a beautiful part of it. Yeah, and you discover these things because it's, it's you know, we know who we are. And um, uh, I like some of the things that uh, Harold uh, uh, Guskin was, uh, was talking about of just, you know, read it and see how you feel. And if you do that as the character, then it becomes very organic and it becomes uh, very easy uh, without any pre-planning, which again, you know, being the analytical, uh, you know, actors like myself tend to pre-plan things and try to kind of decide of, okay, this is where we're going. So I think this is how it's going to show up. No, throw all of that out and just be. Um, it, it comes down to that uh, point. So to help actors uh, and kind of get back on the on the train that we started in the first uh, in the first conversation, if because we hear all the time, you know, be yourself, be someone else, be a mix. 
if you had to give actors an advice on how to kind of remove those voices and find what works best for them, what would that be? You're going to remove that critical third eye that's watching you. If you've, for instance, done emotion with detail, and I know if you've, mm-hmm. if you don't know the technique in emotion with detail, it might not be a concept that makes sense right now, but because you've investigated the life of the character to the degree that you have, you, you can allow yourself to get out of your head because you've and if you, if, if you're looking at a scene, you never enter a scene the way you leave it. You're always going to enter it with one kind of emotion and you leave it with another, maybe subtle, it may be great, but still you never truly, at least a well-written scene, <laughs> you never enter it the way you leave it. <laughs> if you've got your prior circumstances, prior moments and prior instance set for yourself, you're going to have a slightly different scene every time you shoot it. Prior circumstances, meaning the circumstances that led up to the scene, the prior moments, meaning what are the exact moments that led up to the scene? Now this takes into consideration that you've done all your character work, right? (laughs) Then right before you shoot the scene is the prior instant, which is the exact character thoughts and the exact words that the character is thinking them, but you're not saying them out loud. You're just thinking it. So that thought leads you into the scene in a very specific way. So you're coming in with something in the scene. So you're not really, then you're able to react to the other actor throwing something at you because you don't know what he or she is going to give you this go around. You don't know, (laughs) but it lets you enter the scene in a very specific way and allows you to play. If you've done your character work, you can play. That's hugely important. Yeah. And if you don't, you're just um, you know, <laughs> twiddling your thumbs and trying to figure out which method applies to what at this moment. I call that a wing and a prayer. Yeah, which, <laughs> yeah, not, not a good way to do uh, multiple takes time after time after time. No, uh, I've done it before. And, and trust me, it's, it's frightening, you know, because in, in the method too, you, I find that, well, I, first of all, if you chase an emotion, it will fly away. But in the method, I found that I would wait to that moment in the scene, dreading it for two days, whatever. Wait for that moment where I had to break down and shoulder heaving sobs. And it would be like, oh, please, please, please let me get there. Please let me get there. But you're anticipating it to the degree that you're not going to get there. Okay. So you're so frustrated that you can't get there that that you might cry from frustration, but it's not the same as a spontaneous, uh, crying as the character cries it's pressure and the second you put pressure on yourself to have an emotion you're not going to have it right anything you chase flies away been there um yeah it's 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 a it's a really it's a really interesting thing that we're doing as actors um we have to keep all of this in, in our minds and yet we have to be fresh every single day um, to piggyback on something that you've mentioned of using the technique and the, and the takes are going to be a little different every time. Um, what have you found? Because you've, I don't know, when I looked at IMDb, you have 160 plus, uh, you know, credits, uh, uh, in there. 
So you've been on set quite a bit uh, as, as an actress yourself and uh, working with, uh, with your uh, clients. What have you found that works best for the actors to remain uh, fresh and interesting and in character, take after take, shot after shot, uh, on these incredibly long days that uh, they have to go? Again, I, we would have done extensive character work right. prior to stepping on set, right? Yeah. But I have a little mantra that's called uh, breathe, reset, prior instant. So after that take, you breathe, you tell your mind, I'm resetting, I'm going back to the beginning of the scene because you never want to play the end of the scene in the beginning, right? Yep. Breathe, reset, prior instant. Now that prior instant thought, again, is huge to be able to reset your focus so that you're doing the scene again for the first time, every single take. Now you might want to change that prior instant thought on each take just to keep it fresh, right? And if you get a note from the director who says, I want you to be more angry. Well, if you, because <laughs> you'll get direction like that. Mm -hmm. Be more angry. What does that mean? So you're trying to surfacely be more angry and act more angry. No, there's always a reason. You ask yourself, why is my character angrier? Your imagination will come up with a reason, but you must know the emotional reason for that to exist. You would perhaps change your prior instant to reflect something like that, and so that you don't have to play at something in the scene. You can be rather than play at it, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, and thank you. That's, that's actually really, really useful. Um, and a lot of times, I'm gonna use myself. I don't wanna use anybody else uh, and their experiences, but a lot of times, you simply forget, you're so overwhelmed. Uh, you're doing an overnight shoot. Uh, they set things up, you've been waiting for three hours. Uh, you remember to run your lines to make sure that they're still fresh in your head. You kind of remind yourself uh, all of these things. And when you get uh, into a moment where they say, um, you know, uh, go, uh, or action in this case. Uh, by the way, often it's not just action, it's, it's, the, it's not the camera lights action that we, uh, that we hear all the time, it's the, um, you hear sound uh, and then you hear something from the sound team that uh, makes no sense to you because they're not going to say uh, I'm ready they're gonna say you know sound. it's not even recording I I forget the the rolling sound yeah. Uh, yeah rolling sound or something it's like and you get to a point like oh yeah that's me and then all of that stuff is out of your head and the only thing uh, you you're thinking of at that moment is I need to hit this particular spot I need to make sure that I do this uh, right. I need to make sure that I don't uh, you know, lose the words that I've been practicing that I haven't uh, said in the last two hours. And you're forgetting that you're the character in the first place and you're just playing. And it, it takes a lot of discipline uh, to, uh, to stay in that and do it time after time. So long-winded way of saying that your technique and your little mantra that you just gave is a great way to snap into it. And it's a great way to remind, okay, hi, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, uh, I'm this character and this is why I'm here and then everything will flow. So yeah, it, it's incredibly helpful. There's a thing I'd like to call primary, secondary focus. Your primary mm -hmm. focus is the character. Your secondary focus is what's going on in set because we have to be aware of that, right? Yeah. So we're somewhat ignoring when we hear crew because we want to be immersed in the character at that point 
uh, much in the, the circumstances surrounding the character. Yeah. yeah. Um, coming back, uh, coming back to this, um, I wanted to ask you, in terms of um, in terms of uh, character, right? So we develop the character, we've done our work, we're fresh, we're there, and then um, um, watching yourself on screen. And some uh, some actors, uh, well, sometimes they're not allowed to, but some actors uh, get a chance to watch themselves uh, after the take. Some uh, some would not want to do that. Um, it's I found that uh, when I watch myself, it starts uh, messing uh, with me because then I start focusing more on the ex exterior part of oh my god, my nose looked way too big in that particular scene. Next time I do it, I need to you know do a little this. And then you get into your head and then you get into mechanical and then you need to reset again. So have you found that it's a good idea or a bad idea to, you know, look uh, at yourself after you do a take? I think it's very actor specific, person specific. There are some who uh, can look at that take objectively and go, oh, I might have missed this moment, but they're looking at it objectively. And it's very difficult to look at what you did objectively yeah. because you will start watching yourself and you want to avoid watching yourself because the second you're watching yourself, you're not acting. You're in your left brain. We want to be in our right brains, right? Yeah. So I think that, you know, some people, it's a good thing. Some people, it's a really bad idea. So uh, For me, I think I'm finding that it's not a good idea for me, at least at this point in my, you know, acting maturity uh, or lack thereof. Um, your acting method is uh, is uh, is great. I want to talk about the application of it to uh, to comedy because that's that's a little different animal. And I've taken workshops and I've taken classes where it seems to be very methodical. Of you know, comedy is one, two, three. It's this particular beat. You have to hit it here. This needs to go up like this, and you have to. And it gets to a point where you start in in some classes. I started seeing where uh, the instructors were saying, okay. Yeah, so at this point, you're going to go like, hmm, like, really? I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get that structured because where is the ability for me to just be in a scene and react normally and organically, depending on how me as that character is feeling at that moment? So um, it's not just uh, in comedy, but I know you have a you know application of your uh, Warner Laughlin method to comedy. What would be some of the differences there? I think that you can't approach comedy like a cookie cutter, one size fits all kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, there is a Warner Laughlin comedy technique. Mm -hmm. I haven't written the book yet. <laughs> I keep, I keep uh, meaning to get there, right? <laughs> but <laughs> um, the, the book that you're referencing right now, Warner Laughlin technique, it's not really, it, is it applicable to comedy? Yes and no. There are going to be certain parts of it that are going to be applicable to comedy and some that aren't. In comedy, you can't, particularly sitcom, you can't go as psychologically deep uh, doing emotional detail as you do in drama. If you do, you're going to drag the comedy down. But I'm a huge believer in that the it's character first, and then you apply the so-called rules of comedy. Are there comedic rules? Yes. Comedy is written, well, let's just say sitcoms, written like music is written. Like 
Periods are stops, commas are micro mini beats, ellipses mean a certain thing. You've got slides, you've got uh, turns, you've got um, all kinds of character indicative things written into a character that you can begin to see once you start to analyze it. But you also must do <laughs> a character rather than mechanically fit your performance into a one size cookie cutter, yeah. one size fits all kind of thing. So yes, that book is coming hopefully. Good. <laughs> Just Please. the time it takes to write it, right? Uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I know you're very busy, but I hope uh, you do write it. Uh, please come back so we can talk about it uh, on, on the show. Um, yeah, it's that uh, coming back to, you know, being mechanical versus being natural. You just want to flow. Uh, like you've mentioned in the first uh, part of the program, you don't want to be looking at an actor on screen and saying, oh, I see you've made that choice and you're using this method here. And it's evident. Uh, you want things to be just natural, uh, whether it's comedy or drama or anything else. So I, I haven't found a good approach to comedy yet, not that I have been on any sitcoms. Uh, the best thing that I have found uh, with understanding uh, some, of the, uh, you know, some of the ways that the comedy is written is just you know, be you or a version of you and then things will kind of happen naturally. So that's as far as I am at the moment. You can do the house of behavior uh, with a comedic character and look to see what the, the repetition is. Um, yeah. that, that's a whole nother conversation, but uh, okay. you, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's a little more complex than that. But um, the most interesting comedic characters are the ones that are very specific characters, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And there's a way to, to, you know, pilot scripts are written, I won't say vanilla, but sometimes they are. Um, because when, once the actor is hired in a pilot, uh, episode two, three, four, or something, the writers will begin to kind of write for their individual uniqueness yeah. of character, right? But, but in the pilot script, you will see, ooh, this is a definitive kind of character. What's unique about him or her? and you work from there. Like I say, it's far more complicated than yeah. <laughs> we have time to, if you've got three hours, we'll go over it. <laughs> I would love to, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to schedule it appropriately with your time. Um, in terms of uh, other things, like some actors we see, they go big. Uh, and you know, Jim Carrey is, is a great example. He's incredibly talented. And in some of his roles, he's just incredibly big. And in some of these, in some of his roles, he's very, very small. Um, when actors, you know, like myself, look at these things, and then you hear, you know, Jack Lemmon, uh, he started doing, uh, you know, he went from stage to uh, to screen, and the director kept on saying, you know, less, 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 less. And Jack Lemmon finally said, hey, if I'm doing it less, I'm not acting at all. He said, yeah, you got it. Um, so. Is there time to go bigger? Is there time to be smaller? I haven't heard kind of an explanation on that yet, and I'm sure I'm not the only one asking these questions. I think it's character specific mm -hmm. and genre specific. Is it a big raucous comedy on, on film? Yeah, you can be bigger, right? Does the character require you to be bigger? If the answer is yes, then yes, you probably can, right? Okay. So it's very, uh, is it theater? Is it film? Is it TV? So I think it's, depends on the genre and depends on the, the, 
kind of comedy it is. I mean, multicam sitcom is far bigger than say single camera comedy is, right? Yeah. It's all very different. And each, the tone of each show is also very different. Think about the comedies that you love on TV. They're tone specific, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the tone, the genre and the character would determine how big or how small you'd be. So, um, and I know you work with actors, obviously, you know, preparing for roles. Um, do you work with actors as well, you know, preparing for auditions? Because that'll be another thing of, okay, do I go big here? I feel like that character is, is this. Do you work with, uh, with people on preparing them for auditions? Sure, all the time. Uh-huh. Good, because I think that type of uh, help would be very, uh, very significant uh, to somebody who's trying to uh, make a choice. Every coach in the studio, um, every single coach in the studio does uh, private audition coaching one-on-ones through Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So people uh, who are watching this, please uh, keep that in mind. I know I will. Um, and, and do that. Uh, because, you know, when, I, when I'm reading a script and I'm kind of doing my analysis, uh, again, being the empath uh, that you've mentioned um, I, I start picking up on kind of, okay, this, this person feels kind of, this is their physicality and this is their mannerisms and this is the way that they talk. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, when I write uh, lyrics, music comes into my mind. So same thing with, uh, with a scene. When I'm reading a scene, um, <clears throat> the person kind of starts to, uh, to manifest uh, uh, how they speak. Sometimes an accent just, uh, you know, comes uh, into my mind because of how I kind of view and associate that character. So um, when you have so much, uh, it can be, you know, 15 different characters that you can do in an audition, which is usually one take and it's, uh, you know, two minutes and you're done. So um, working and finding what is the most appropriate uh, <laughs> to it would be very helpful for, uh, for me and other actors alike. Well, acting is a sport you can't, well, I shouldn't say can't. Acting, acting is a sport that's difficult to do alone. Yeah. Which is why the objective eye of a coach is, I find very helpful. If I were still auditioning, which I'm not, but if I were, I would definitively call one of the people in the studio for, I mean, I personally would. Because you, just, <clears throat> you can't be, it's, it's, sometimes it's difficult to be objective when you're about to go in and do it. That's the thing, yeah. And uh, we, we don't know, we think that, yeah my God, this is perfect. And what I just did, I went to this incredible depth. I remember auditioning for, for a character who was um, um, a, a, a pastor in a church who just <clears throat> had this incredible tragedy. And it's, it's a life-changing thing. And I got there and I was crying and I was sobbing and I was talking. I thought it was incredible. And then uh, other people would look at it and say, yeah, but... Uh, you don't need to do that for this particular scene. And uh, we, we can't, uh, I can't uh, be as objective as I want to be, uh, especially when you're living that <laughs> moment. So yeah, acting coach, please. <laughs> um, let's talk about some lighter things, right? We've, uh, we've, we've touched upon many heavy stuff and uh, thank you for, uh, for, for bearing with me on that. I, my hope is that it's useful to other actors who are going through all of these uh, things and they'll find something that works for them. Um, you've worked with a lot of incredibly talented people. You know, uh, I know that, you know, we, we, can, we can spend the next three hours just naming them and probably not, uh, not be done with it. But 
one of my favorite actresses uh, who I think is incredible is uh, Amy Adams. Uh, you work with Amy a lot. And um, what Amy mentioned, you know, when she was talking about why she loves your method is that, um, is that ability to stay herself and stay okay, but still be able to go into the character and have these dramatic scenes and then be out of it and be okay. Um, how and you know information that you're able to share without uh, without you know anything that we're not supposed to know but was did amy start out as more kind of method and it didn't work for her and she was looking for a different path how did she come uh, uh, to you i can't remember if her brother was in class before she was or if they both found uh, hit my dog man <laughs> Hey, that's cute. Thank you. Amy was one of the first people in the beginning of the studio. I mean, Amy and I have been together for decades. She was 20-something. She was a musical theater actor. You know the brilliant thing about Amy mm -hmm. in class back in those years? Every four seconds, she'd raise her hand. Oh, sorry, that's my dog having a little... Oh, listen to that. <laughs> sorry, Maddie. No, it's okay. No, sorry about that. No worries. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> Bless her. Dog, the dog is allergic to all of my questioning. <laughs> Amy was the, the person in class, and God, I love her for this. She would be the person in class raising her hand every four seconds and going, I, I, I don't understand that. Explain it. Explain it better. Explain it more. Okay. I, I don't believe that. I'm like, okay, just try it. She's like, I, so Amy, to her credit, questioned everything and would try anything. She's, Amy to this day is one of my most favorite human beings on the planet. She's one of the most down to earth, lovely, caring, empathetic women ever. And I think she's a phenomenal actress. And when I say that she works hard at it, she works remarkably, incredibly hard at it. Mm -hmm. uh, look at things like Arrival, the, the countless hours we spent on emotional detail with that, but it required it. She's unafraid of hard work, yet she can be the goofy uh, <laughs> gal like, the other day she FaceTimed me, she's making a chicken, you know, <laughs> just, hey, you know, <laughs> she's, she's a real gal. She's just a, she's just, and you know, I, most of the celebrities that people think about mm -hmm. of being, they, they, I think some actors think celebrities are different. They're not. They're just people. They're just actors. They just are the same as anybody. Yeah. Um, they have more scrutiny and they're, you know, they're seen everywhere and uh, the successful ones, uh, you know, get a lot of uh, followers, but yeah, they're just people. Um, now, of course, some people get changed by that and uh, they become different, but hopefully the people that you get to work with are, you know, kind of remain the same, you know, people who they were before they got famous. Amy is exactly the person now that she was all those years ago. Exactly the same. That's nice. Um, what you've mentioned again, you 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 work with so many um, celebrities, if we will. 
Um, what's what's been your favorite experience uh, working with them? You know, naming or not naming, but just in terms of your experience. In terms of experience, um, working working with uh, working with any of these uh, actors has that been something that you uh, you'll treasure because it's just it. Um, for you, it's a, it's been a very special uh, thing, kind of it happened, and like yeah, that's that's gonna stay with me. That that's part of your you know memory that has emotion attached to it. Yes, I think there was a moment, um, kind of a magical time. I say is magical, maybe <laughs> not the right word. Uh, safe house with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and that was shot in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. We were there for quite a time. Um, my mother had just passed away and he was going through some things in his life as well. So it felt like going to uh, rehab, so to speak, and to be away from your life and to be in, ensconced in a character in a movie. The one thing I love about being on set or being I don't know, embracing a character is that you're on set. It's like, it's like you're forming this new little family and you meet the most incredible people most of the time. Right. right. But it's yeah. like, it's to me, it's a, a little respite where you're, Oh, my real life is sitting right over there. But now I'm in this magical life right now where I can I have this. It's, it's an insular feeling that I find very comforting for some reason. No, it's thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. And yeah, I, I've I have very limited uh, acting experience uh, in the you know indies and shorts uh, that I have been in. But that acting community and being on set—that's probably the most incredible part. It's just it, it's it's a family. It's a it's a very very um, lovely environment. And if it feels toxic, whether if you, if you're in a class and it feels toxic, leave. Get out, yeah. If you're with a teacher who makes you feel like garbage, please leave, because it cannot be about the teacher. It must be about the actor. People who try to break you down to build you up, well, that's great if you're a, a football coach. Yeah. <laughs> but if you. If you seek to break an actor down, uh, my question would be why? Probably why? more about more the, about the person who wants to do the breaking. I don't teach from the don'ts because if I say don't do this, Alan, don't do that, all you're thinking about is what not to do. It's much more important to know what to do. Much more important to know, oh, how can I make this better? Rather than, oh, I'm doing that wrong because anybody, anybody can look at a scene and go, hmm, you know, I just didn't feel that relationship. I didn't get the energy, the, uh, no uh, connection between these two characters. Didn't believe it. Anybody can say something ridiculous like that. But what the teacher did not tell you was, how do I make the characters more alive? How do I make the, the chemistry stronger? How do I make the connection with the other characters stronger? How do I make it better? That's what you need to know, not that you... Not particularly that you did it wrong, because nine times out of ten, when you're acting and you finish a scene, you walk away going, yeah, that felt good, or gosh, I was off, right? Yep. Yep. So it doesn't help you to know, oh, man, you were so way off. <laughs> it helps you if someone can help you 
be stronger. And that is the point of a teacher. And if a teacher is not doing that, then it could be a problem, I think. I, I agree with you. Uh, there, I've had, for the most part, uh, really good teachers uh, that allowed me kind of to to get to where I want to be without, uh, you know, ridicule or breakdown. <clears throat> uh, some were not like that, and I left them very quickly. <laughs> um, My husband is calling me. Um, sorry. No, no. Uh, my office is calling. I am definitely <laughs> taking a lot of your time. So totally, uh, my pleasure. Thank you. To. Uh, to wrap things up, a few more questions, and then uh, we'll be done with this version uh, or this part two. Um, going back to uh, to Ryan for a second, I I, I love Ryan uh, Reynolds. I think he's incredible. I find, for whatever reason, some people think that Ryan is always being Ryan and just one. You know, Ryan. It doesn't matter what uh, he's doing. I find that to be completely inaccurate because he can be big, he can be incredibly small and sensitive. I I think he's a wonderful actor. Um, why is it that you know some people when they look at Ryan just see one thing? I, I still haven't figured it out. Do you know? I think it's because he's comedically brilliant. Yeah. But he's also a very, very skilled dramatic actor too. Yeah. And you know, he, Ryan is a like anyone is a, a fun, light, brilliant comedic mind. Yes. Yes. Fun, light, but he has that ability to go way deep down which i think is remarkable so and he's and he's a he's a wonderful human being i have to say <laughs> he, he just is. he seems like one you know based on you know social media some of the interviews he seems very genuine um, so i'm glad to hear that that's that's the way he is um last question for you um I asked this of, uh, of all of the actors, so I wanted to ask you as well, because you, uh, you are an actor and you were an actor. Um, if there was one advice that you can give to yourself as the younger actor or to anybody else that uh, is listening right now as a younger actor, what would that one advice be? Embrace freedom. Mm, that's good. I like that. Freedom to be the character, freedom to not care what others might think of you in the moment, freedom to walk into casting and, and, and give them your version of this character without thinking about what do you want? It's like, what do you want? What do you want from this character? The freedom to be fearless, fearless freedom. Perfect. Thank you. That, that actually resonates a lot <laughs> and uh and it's it's great coming from you with uh, all of your experience and all of your success to the actors uh, watching this be free and uh bring that into the room it's it's perfect i cannot thank you enough uh it felt like uh it was you know cathartic for me to talk to you uh, i i only have you know a few pages of of notes uh, in preparation for this. And it feels like I've been preparing uh, to talk to you for years because I had all these questions and I couldn't be more grateful for you uh, stopping by and taking all of the time away from people who likely deserve it a lot more than I do um, to talk about it and to, uh, to be patient uh, with all of my uh, questioning and to uh, be present. Thank you. 
My pleasure. My my pleasure. I I am a geek. I love and have a passion for acting. And anyone who wants to 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 be an actor uh, has a special place with me. So perfect. My pleasure. Well, uh, from one geek to another and to all the geeks out there. Thank you so much for tuning into the love of acting where we're talking to the wonderful Warner Laughlin. Please pick up her book. It's right here again. We're going to link it. Uh, please go to her studio and work with her. I know I will. Thank you, Warner. Thank you, Alan.